I don't know how many of you have had a chance to get a word of knowledge or get a prophetic word or even stepped out for somebody that you didn't, you've never met before. Like, it's right there. But it is. It's a blast. Uh, even when you're wrong, it's a blast. You think, yeah, sure, Tom. Sure. Sure it is. Um, but actually, it, it really is. Because what, what happens, if, it's, if you're getting a word of knowledge or if you're getting a prophetic word or you're stepping out for some reason, but it's in, it's, your focus is on them. It's because of love. When you're doing it for them, then it doesn't even matter when you're wrong. Because you're still, you just keep pressing in, like just like she did. She just pressed in with love. And Jesus loves you, and it just, it almost like it doesn't even matter. And it didn't, you know, but, but obviously she, she got his attention with that. And, and it just proceeded on. And that's very much like, I love um, Sean Smith, uh, who's, uh, he, he does uh, some speaking. He comes in, to Some Power and Loves. And he has said, it's like, I don't know if you've heard this analogy, but sometimes getting... Getting a word is like a tissue box. It's like you just get the first one. You just get the first tissue. But, and if you step on the first tissue, then another one pops up and you get the next one. And then you get the next one. And anyway, I don't know why I'm sharing that. That has nothing to do with where I'm going today. But um, it, it's just, I just felt like you needed that. Um, I, 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 just, just real quick background uh, in, in 30 seconds here, I, maybe in a minute. But um, I, uh, I grew up in Connecticut. I grew up Roman Catholic, uh, became a Christian when I was 19. Uh, I, I knew about the Lord, but he was kind of far off there, and I became a Christian when I was 19 at, at University of North Carolina and uh, went down there to play tennis, and May the Varsity was doing really well in tennis. Really, uh, you know, basically I was kind of like feeling really good about myself in terms of just the worldly uh, side of things. And... Um, and then God got a hold of me, and, and I gave my life to him, and, uh, and I was so excited, and it was no, no turning back. I ended up quitting the tennis team uh, just because I knew tennis had become my idol, had become all my life, and uh, went, went on from there. Just, just was involved with Campus Crusade for Christ, sharing the gospel with all kinds of people, leading Bible studies, and, and going to seminary, doing some church plants, pastored for about 18 years in Connecticut, uh, well, South Carolina and then Connecticut, and then uh, worked with Randy Clark for seven years, uh, traveling the world and, and teaching people on healing and word of knowledge and, and, and seeing amazing things all around the world. Like, when I say amazing things, don't even get me started because it, it was mind-boggling. Like, I've, I feel like I've lived in the book of Acts on, on these trips, and, and literally every every possible thing. Now, I've not yet actually seen with my eyes resurrection, uh, although th those have happened uh, on, on, on some of these trips, but I've lit I've lit literally there's been reports of, of an eyeball like that was not, uh, that, that, sorry, there was no, the eyeball was there, but there was no other, it was just white. And then the pupil appeared. You know, I mean, stuff like that. I mean, like crazy, amazing things. I, I've just felt like I'm just so thankful to the Lord for what I've gotten a chance to see and experience on these trips. And then uh, as a result of all of that, started this ministry called Power and Love Ministries. Uh, and, and then we joined with, I joined with Todd White a few years ago. We've been working together for like 12 years, but 
we joined together 12 years ago. So that's just a real quick background. I share that because really every message that I share really comes out of, of this conviction that God has given me over the years of what, of what I feel like I have to bring to the body of Christ. And, and, the, and so really today's message really comes out of that. It's, uh, and and I, I really don't know you. I just met your pastor this morning. And, and, uh, and, and really, so if I say something that's like, wow, he did, maybe pastor told me something about the church. He didn't. So it's just, this is just for you guys for, from the Lord, okay? Um, so I'm going to have you open to Mark chapter 2. Um, what, what time do you like to kind of wind down? 12.15? Okay. All right. Perfect. Um, the, uh, oh, Jesus, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for that worship. Thank you for being able to worship you. And thank you for the hearts that are here that are just so open and listening and wanting more. And Lord, I also thank you for those that are right now discouraged and who who not even sure if they want more. But I thank you for them too, because I thank you that how you can stir them up and give them vision and give them kind of recorrect the direction for their life and, uh, and set them on your course, set them on your path. In Jesus' name, amen. So Mark chapter two, I know this is a passage you've probably read and have heard about Many times, especially if you've been a Christian for any length of time, this is a, a, a common passage, but I've, I just want to share my perspective of this passage with you. Mark chapter 2, uh, verse 1, when he, that's Jesus, had come back to Capernaum several days, afterwards it was heard that he was at home, and many were gathered together, so there's no longer room even near the door. He was speaking the word, of, word to them, and they came, bringing them a paralytic carried by four men, and being unable to get to him because of the crowd... They removed the roof above him, and when they had dug an opening, they let down the pallet on which the paralytic was lying, and Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, my son, your sins are forgiven. All right, I'm probably not going to get through the whole passage, but I'll at least get through that part there. Um, I actually love to teach on passages that are common passages because, because I, I love to kind of breathe my perspective into that passage and hopefully it becomes not just like oh I've heard that before but it becomes more like alive because I when I read a passage like this I like what was it like to be back then what was it be like to be sitting right there and so here's here here's my perspective of this so Jesus had come back to Capernaum and and, and he was there and so Capernaum was like his home ministry base. He grew up in Nazareth, but Galilee and Capernaum were, were kind of like his ministry area uh, that he focused in. And so this was his ministry base. And it says, many were gathered so that there was no longer room even near the door. I mean, there was a crowd, okay? He was speaking the word to them, but there, there was like no room anywhere in this house. And I don't know, they, I, I've been to Capernaum and they... they, they they think they know the house that this may have happened at, or at least the house that was his home base. It's actually a pretty large house. And, um, and, and, and so if that indeed was their house and that was full, there would have been hundreds of people there. Um, and so, uh, and you know why all those people were there, right? It was because of all the billboards all throughout Capernaum saying, 
revival at Jesus' house, 9, 11, and 3. No, 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 no. It, wasn't, it was the radio ads that were advertising regularly. They're going at, No. It was not that. It was not. And no, it was because they were giving free pizza that day. And they were. I'm being a little silly here, but I'm trying to make a point that why were, why were people drawn in droves to Jesus? It's because they had heard about the miracles. They heard about the testimonies, if you might say. They heard about what Jesus was doing, and they were drawn to it. They were like, what's going on? I need to hear more. I want to know about this. And, and, and so, and, and I, listen, I'm not, I'm not against advertising. I'm not against church signs and, and, you know, radio advertising and TV advertising and social media and whatever. I'm not against that. I'm against when the church really depends upon that and doesn't depend upon the power of God to get the word out. I mean, we, this, it's supposed to, if we're depending upon that, we're going we're gonna to live and die on social media. And, and most of it's going to be die. <laughs> because if that, because we, we're, we, we're in this because of the power of God. More on that in a minute. So, so they, were, uh, they were there. There was this crowd around. And, um, and it says there's so many that there was these uh, four men were, were, were bringing a paralytic to him. They came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men and being unable to get to him because of the crowd. Now, think about this. What would have happened? What, I, this is what goes through my mind. What would have happened there? Was, was it these four guys knew a paralytic and they heard these stories about Jesus and they thought, hey, maybe if we, we, we've known this guy, he's not been able to walk for a long time. Maybe if we... If maybe if we carry him to Jesus, maybe, I don't know if it was the guy's idea. I don't know if it was, if it was the paralytic's idea. Man, I've heard when, when Jesus gets back to town, you got to get me to Jesus. You got to get me to Jesus. I, he's my only hope, man. I, I want to walk again. Um, or I don't know if he's ever walked. We don't really know if his background. But so I don't know what happened. It doesn't say. But some kind of conversation like that must have happened. And they're thinking, we got to get our friend to Jesus. we got to get our friend to Jesus. And so, and I don't know, have you ever carried somebody, like four people who try to carry one person? It's not easy. I mean, it, you think, okay, there's four to one ratio, but no, it, it's, it's heavy, you know? And, and, and I don't know how far they had to go. I don't know if they lived next door or they had to go a mile or two miles. I don't know how far they had to walk. But they're, they're carrying their friend. To Jesus, I wonder what they're thinking along the way. Will this be the day? Will this be the day? Carrying this mat. Oh, our friend, oh, I hope he gets the walk. I mean, it's just that dynamic. And then they get to the house, and they're like, oh, no. Oh, no. We can't even, there's a crowd. We can't even get him to Jesus. And what, what did they talk about then? I don't know, but I just imagine. Um, should we come back tomorrow? Uh, what, what should we do? I don't know. What should we do? Uh, Hey, let's go up on the roof. Up on the roof. Jesus isn't up on the roof. He's, he's down there. He's below. But I know, but maybe we'll get closer. We can figure out a way if we get up on the roof. Because the roof at that time was kind of like a patio area. They would bathe. They would wash their clothes. They, and and they, would, they, they would go on up these steps up on the outside of the house, up onto the roof. And they got up on the roof. Then what do we do? Let's dig a hole. 
They go, now I don't know if they're digging, what they're digging through, mud or thatched roof somehow. I, I don't know, it doesn't say. But they begin to dig down to Jesus. You know, friends get their friends to Jesus. Friends get their friends to Jesus. This week, we were going out getting friends to Jesus that didn't know that they were, that we were their friend. But they were get, we were getting those friends to be to Jesus or take him to Jesus because it's just, we got to get people to Jesus. We got to get people to Jesus. But now, but you think about, okay, but how do we do that today? How do we, how do we, I mean, Jesus isn't here. Jesus isn't, you know, living in St. Charles and, and we can just get an address and go to him. How do we do that today? Um, I want to, I want to turn you to another passage. Okay. I want to, I want to seal this. I know you know this, but I want to seal it. Okay. I want to get this really in you because this has got to be. So how do you get your friends to Jesus? Listen. You think, okay, he, he's invisible. Uh, I remember talking to my five-year-old uh, a couple weeks ago, and she, I was like, let's pray. She goes, but I don't see Jesus. You know how kids are. And I know, but he's right here with us. You sure? You sure? Yeah, he's right here. He can hear you. Let's, let's pray. Let's talk to him. And, and, and that's the way we are. It's like all of a sudden, you know, they'll be in their mind. Are, are, are we really sure that Jesus is right here with us? Oh, wait, listen to this passage here. It, it's Luke 7. 18. You're, you're going to be thinking as I read this passage, what in the world does this have to do with what we we're just talking about? It, it does. Trust me. Luke 7, 18. John's disciple. This is about John the Baptist. Okay. This is about John the Baptist who was now in prison and he was getting discouraged. I mean, he was like, make way for the Lord, you know, prepare the path for the Lord. And, and, he, he, and then Jesus came and he baptized Jesus. And it was all, it was amazing. And disciples were following Jesus now. And it's like, yay. And then he gets put in prison. And there's a death sentence on him. And he's beginning to wonder, this is not the way I thought it was going to be. You ever been there? This is not the way I thought the Christian life was going to be. I thought it was going to be all like rosy. Now that I gave my life to Jesus, he's going to take care of everything. Everything's going to go well. Well, John is in prison. He's scheduled to die. John, Luke 7, 18. John's disciples told him about all these things, meaning about what Jesus was doing, calling two of them. He sent them to the Lord to ask, are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? Meaning, are you the Messiah? Are you really the Messiah? He's beginning to doubt. I mean, he baptized him. He knew it. But now he's beginning to doubt. Is it, maybe I got it wrong. And he, are you the one who is to come? Meaning the, the one who was prophesied in the Old Testament? Or should we expect someone else? When the men came, these two men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to you to ask, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases and sicknesses and evil spirits and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Did, did you catch what happened there? Did, did you catch it? It's really, these guys came to, John, came to Jesus, they asked the question, Jesus, are you, 
Are you really? Basically, what they're asking is, Jesus, are you really just Jesus of Nazareth? Are you just another man? Or are you Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one, the one who was prophesied, the one who, who's the salvation of Israel? Are you, the, are you that one? The anointed one. Christ means the anointed one. It wasn't, his life. It wasn't Joseph and Mary Christ. It was, it, was, yeah. it was Jesus of Nazareth, but he's now Jesus the Christ, the anointed one, meaning the one filled and covered with the Holy Spirit and, 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 and anointed with power. And so they're asking that question. And you see what Jesus does. He doesn't answer right away, right? It says, it says at that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, evil spirits. Here's what happened. Uh, uh, Jesus, are you the one who would come or should we expect someone else? Excuse me one second. Boom, 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 boom. Healing, healing, healing. Miracle, 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 miracle. Came back. Don't just believe on account of what I'm saying, John. Believe because of the miracles, what's going on through my life. This is how you know that I'm not just Jesus of Nazareth, that I'm Jesus the Christ because of what is flowing out of my life. You got that? That's what he was doing. He was saying, don't just look at the words. Look at the actions that are coming out. That's how you know, John. That's, don't stumble over this point. This is how you know. Listen. It's no coincidence that Jesus, who really is Jesus the Christ, when he left, he said, I'm going to send another who's just like me. And he's going to come, and he's going to fill you, and he's going to come upon you, and he's going to give you power. And by the way, your name is going to be the body of Christ. You now are the body of Christ. Do you know how you get your friends to Jesus? You just get them right here. Because we now represent that same Jesus. He's in us. We don't have to bring him to another person. We get to do what Jesus was doing. So when you meet somebody who's going through a hard time, they may have been a Christian. They may have been doing well at one time. They may have been like, yes, Jesus, I'm preparing the way of the Lord, like John the Baptist. But all of a sudden they got discouraged. The things didn't go right. Things didn't go what they expected. Things were hard. They're falling away. They're, they're wondering what's going on. You know what you do? Hey, you know what? I know you're disillusioned. I know you went to church and this, it didn't go well. I know that this and that happened in your life. But let me show you. Boom, 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 boom. That's what we need to be ready to do. That's what we need to be ready to do. Are you following me? It, don't just, listen, listen. There's enough religions out there saying, believe me because of what I'm saying. And people are believing them just based on what they're saying. We have something so much more. We not only have a message that's true, but we, have, we can back it up with power. And we need to be ready to do that. And you think, well, hold on a second. How about, not just, how about not just somebody who's disillusioned, but how about somebody who doesn't even know? How about somebody who, who's, who's, who's actually antagonistic, who, who's, who's against, who's, who's uh, 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 radical in an opposite direction? What do we do about them? I want to tell you a story. Uh, uh, to, to, and, and listen, you can have this story. 
Meaning, I, I want you to. I want you to like claim this story. I want you to like take this story as your own. And it's a friend of mine. His name is Gary Oates. He was a vineyard pastor when I was a vineyard pastor. And, and we went to Brazil with Randy Clark together. And his life was just radically impacted in Brazil. Uh, his, his, uh, <laughs> in one meeting, his, his, literally, he, he went down the spirit. Uh, nobody was touching him. He just went down. And he had this encounter with the Lord. He was like taken up, uh, kind of out of the body experience. And, and his eyes were open so that when he came back that night, he was beginning to see angels and demons, like he would see into the, in the spiritual world. And, and it's, it's, it's really like he would, he, he would go into, a, you know, a restaurant and, and he, would, he would be surprised because he would actually see like an angel with a hand on maybe somebody's shoulder. And he would know like, oh, I think I'm supposed to go talk to that guy and pray for his shoulder. And so he'd go up and, hey, by any chance your shoulder hurting? Yeah, how'd you know that? Uh, mm, well, I won't. Let me, uh, let me just pray for you. <laughs> and he'd pray for them, and, and they get healed, and they have a conversation with them. See, I call it cheating. It's like word of knowledge cheating, you know? It's like, I want that. Open my eyes, Lord. Anyway, but anyway, that's a whole side point. But, uh, but if you get that, it's a really cool gift. Anyway, but... He, so he was in Brazil one time, and he was about to speak. They had a couple, probably a couple thousand people in this church. And uh, they, they came to him before the service, and they said, Listen, uh, Pastor Gary, there's, there's some people here that have come into the service. They're from the Macumba Center, Macumba, which is a witchcraft center, down the street. And they are here. They're all in their witchcraft garb. We, they're pretty obvious. And they're, there, and they're actually like casting spells uh, in, in in the auditorium they're like they're 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 doing their stuff and should we remove them and uh and and pa pastor gary says uh no this this is where the wisdom comes in he's no, no no don't remove them i'll i'll deal with it so he gets up before the before the worship band starts and he says uh listen i want to welcome every he wasn't planning on doing this but he thought let me let me just do this so he he said uh Listen, I want to welcome all of you here. It's so good to be in this city, and it's so good to be speaking here tonight. And I especially want to welcome those of you from the Macumba Centers down the street. And, and he said, but, but let me just say two things to you tonight. He said, first, I would encourage you, we've prayed, and there's a protection over us, and I would really encourage you to not cast spells tonight because we don't want them to come back on you and hurt you. And, and so... So we'd encourage you not to do that. He said, but the second thing is even more important. He said, I'd like to apologize to you on behalf of Jesus Christ and his church. Because I bet, I, I'm, I'm guessing that, that you grew up knowing, because God has put inside of us a hunger for the supernatural. And you grew up with that hunger of the supernatural. And you look around and you did not see it in the church of Jesus Christ. And so you went to the next best thing that you could find, and that is the power in the Macumba. And I am so sorry to you that you did not see the power of God in the church of Jesus Christ and the body of Christ, which you should have. But you, tonight, you are going to see it here tonight, and I believe you're going to want to give up your witchcraft ways, and you're going to want to come and give your life to Jesus. Isn't that good? That's so good, I'll tell you. That was so good. And I thought, I want that. Because how many times do you reach people? Do you meet people that are like, "Oh no, I'm turning. No, I don't want 
Christianity. I don't want God. I don't want this. I don't want that. I'm in, into this and that. And you know what we need to tell them? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Listen, I know you're in that lifestyle. I know that you've chosen that lifestyle. And, but listen, I'm so sorry that the Christians that you may have met in your life and the churches you may have attended in your life did not, you did not see the power of God like you should have. But let me have your hand because I want to pray for you right now. Boom, 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 boom. That's what we get to do. That's what we get to do. That's the power of the gospel working through us. That's what it means to be the body of Christ. And I'll tell you, that's what I am so excited about. That's why I love being me. Because I get to do this with the Holy Spirit. And I get to step out and I get to watch people just like kind of think this does not compute, like watch it go tilt, you know, their, their minds because they just can't understand how God is bringing healing to them through this guy that just came up and talked to them. So I love that. Anyway, that's how we get our friends to Jesus. All right, uh, back to, back to uh, Mark chapter 2, uh, verse 4. And being under get to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, and when they had dug an opening, they let down the pile on which the paralytic was lying. Okay, let's just stop there. Oh, no, 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 not stop there. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, my son, your sins are forgiven. Again, I love this. I'm like, we read this so fast sometimes, we skip like the like, this is crazy. Like not just, not, it's not just crazy that these guys are digging down through a roof, but it's crazy that it says Jesus seeing it doesn't say seeing the strange sight of the roof kind of collapsing. It doesn't say seeing uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, this pallet coming down. It says seeing their faith. Jesus looks up and he sees their faith. You know what? Jesus is looking through all the stuff of our life. Jesus is looking through all the, the, the stuff seeming like it's crashing in on us. And he's looking up. And he's not seeing the circumstances. He's saying, look at that faith. Look at that faith. Look at these, these guys are believing me. These guys are, are, are risking. These guys are taking a step toward me. That is, it, the, look at what they're doing. I see their faith. Jesus is looking through all the stuff of our life. Today, will he see faith in your life? Will he see faith in my life? Will he, in, in all the stuff that's going on? All right, Lord. I, okay, I've got another thing that's just for you. I, <laughs> during worship, um, I, I'm going on a little, another little tangent, but I believe this is something for you guys. So this is something to consider. I have no idea where you guys are. I have no idea what's going on in this, the, the life of this church. Um, but but I, I feel like that I need to, to share this. Um, if I could have gone back and done it differently, being a pastor for 18 years, one thing that I would have done differently Should I say it like that? Okay. Um, is not cared about people as much. All right. I say it to just get your attention. Listen. 
I thought I was caring for people by trying to care for every time they had a need and a complaint and a problem and an issue and an uh, emotional thing going on and a, and, a, and a this and a that and a, and a pray and a, a need to pray. And, and what I realized looking back is that a lot of times what we can do is, and pastors and leaders, can, we can get in this cycle of people being needy and the leaders having to meet the needs. And, and the focus gets really, and, and actually the more you do that, the more it actually creates more needs. Because then, then the next time what you have a need, what do you do? You go back to the leader and you go back to the leader and you go back to the leader. Now listen, I know that leaders are there to help you through stuff, okay? I understand that. And that's important. So I'm not downplaying that. I'm saying I'm trying to bring a balance. If I was to go back, I would have wanted to make sure, wanted to help every single one say, come on, I, I not only want to pray for the need, for your marriage problem, for your, for your anxiety, for your depression, for, your, for this, for that, but I want to help you get freed up in the meantime to let the Holy Spirit flow through you to love others. Because sometimes the whole reason why we're having all these problems is because our eyes have been on us for so long. And when your eyes are on you, you it just like it generates more problems. Because there's no flow of the Holy Spirit. It's like the, it's like the difference between um, the, the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. You know, the Sea of Galilee has an input and an outflow to it, but the Dead Sea just has an input. And when you just get an input and there's no outflow, stuff dies. And you're created for outflow. And I, 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 I wish that maybe 50% of that attention in helping someone would not just be praying for the issue, praying for the problem, praying for the, 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 the question, but it's like, okay, now, hey, let's just go, let's go to Starbucks and pray for some people. Let's, I, I believe that that would have solved I don't even know percentage, but I'm thinking it's going to be more than 50 to somewhere 50, 80 percent of the issues would maybe just go away when we get our eyes off us. Has that ever happened to you? I mean, can you relate to that? Can you, there's times where you're like, man, I'm so down on whatever. And then you have a chance to just to love on somebody, you have a chance to just to give in some way to someone. And all of a sudden, what was I even worried about before? What was that concern? I was so worried about this, my job, what's going to happen, da, da, da. And all of a sudden, I'm loving on somebody else. I'm like, oh, God's got that too, you know? And I don't even need to get prayer. I don't need to call four people and get prayer for my job situation now because I'm just trusting God with it. So I'm just going to keep loving people. You see what I'm saying? Anyway, take that, especially as you go into tonight and this meeting with pastor. I didn't know about that, but, but I, I just, I hope this church We'll just continue to stay on. Again, I, I want you to be meeting one another's needs and caring for one another, but I also want you to be encouraging them to love and to good deeds. All right. Okay. Back to this. So anyway, Jesus is looking for faith. Uh, friends take their friends to Jesus. Jesus is looking for faith. You know, God really loves faith. He really loves faith. He really loves, what does that mean? Listen, I have a definition of faith. You can borrow it if you want to, but I have a definition of faith. Faith, because it's, uh, my, my, my definition is very active. Faith 
is believing that God is good and he's going to be good to me and through me right now. That's my, de- that's how, that's my own personal definition of faith. I, that's not theological or whatever. But, but, but think about that. Faith is believing that God is good and he's going to be good to me and through me right now. That's what faith is. That's what these guys are doing. We're bringing our friend to Jesus because he's going to be good to him. We're, we're bringing other friends to Jesus because we believe that he's, God wants to jump on that person in, in McDonald's. That God wants to, and, and when, as I go shopping, he wants to, he wants to get the manager of the, of the store. He wants, to, he wants to be good to them today. And I'm going to believe that God's going to do that. I don't know how. I don't know, the, I don't know the, the end yet, but I know that my God is going to be good and he's going to be good to me and through me. See, I believe that that, see, that's active faith. It's so easy to just say, oh, faith, uh, uh, do I have faith? Do I have? No, active faith is saying, God, I'm going to put you on display right here, right now. And even if I, even if I, I, I might not look so good in it, I'm going to put you on display. Actually, think about this. Think about this. Not only is Jesus looking for faith, but think about these. If you had, if you had been there that day, Right, you had gone there early. You got up, you're like you got the kids ready. Come on, we're gonna go to Jesus' house. You were in the second row, okay? You were sitting there. Jesus is teaching. You can kind of see the expression on his face. You're like, come on, we're gonna get prayer in a minute. Here, he's gonna pray for us. And then all of a sudden, you feel his stuff dropping down your head. What is that? What? And you see, and they're digging. You know when you dig down. You don't catch everything, right? Stuff falls, right? Stuff is falling down. I don't know if it's hitting people. I don't know. What, but there, what would you have thought that day as you're sitting there? I know what I would have thought. You're like, who are these idiots? Who's going to pay for that roof? Right? You'd be like, they're cutting in line. I mean... You know, sometimes faith looks like stupidity. These guys, before the miracle, these guys look pretty stupid. After the miracle, they look pretty good. I don't know about you, but all my life, I've been trying to avoid feeling stupid. I mean, you know, Learn to talk a certain way so you don't sound stupid. Learn to dress a certain way so you don't look stupid. I'm, I've been trained to not feel stupid. And now there's this preacher that's telling me that if I'm going to have faith, I'm going to look stupid. Yeah, I am. Because sometimes when you step out on faith... It looks like stupidity because you're out there expecting a miracle that nobody else is expecting. Now, I'm not saying every stupid thing you do is faith. Sometimes you just have to take credit where credit is due. Okay? Don't get me wrong there. But you know, if you're going to grow in this, get ready to feel stupid. But get ready to say, that's okay. (laughs) I love when Todd says, dignity is not a fruit of the spirit. 
We just got to get ready to set that aside and say, no, Lord, I, even if I'm wrong here, even if you don't come through for me here, that's okay. I'm going to go for this because you are good. And I believe you're going to be good to me and through me right now to this person. And it's worth me feeling stupid for that, for the results of that. This will help you to make that first step. Listen, the hardest step in this whole thing every day as you go out to eat, as you go uh, through your week this week, the hardest step is the very first step because that's the one you're having to say, I could feel stupid here. Just get that dealt with right away. That's okay. I want the Lord to see faith in me. He's looking for faith. Have you ever heard the story of Heidi Baker and, and her praying for blind people? How many have heard that story? Some have, most haven't. All right, I'm gonna share it really quick. Um, she, do you know who Heidi Baker is? Missionary in Mozambique, Africa, and her and Roland, and, and reaching literally hundreds and thousands and even millions of, uh, for the gospel there. Probably one of the greatest, uh, the greatest works, the church planting and, and evangelism works of, of history. One, one of them, I, I believe. And uh, amazing transformation. Um, she, uh, years ago, she, she decided, you know, I've, I've, I've never seen a, a blind eye open. I've seen other miracles, but I, I want more, Lord. And so she began to, she, she said to the Lord, Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm going to pray until I see somebody who's blind begin to see. And I'm just, I'm going to go for it. And so you're, I'm just going to go for this. And so the first day, she, I think she's driving along in Mozambique. Mozambique, there's a lot of blind people, or at least have, you know, blind eyes or, or totally blind. And um, so she gets out of her out of her vehicle and she goes up and there's this guy with a cane and she, she oh there's a blind you know somebody blind I'm gonna go up pray for him and she goes up and she uh, she talks to him in Portuguese and 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 commands his eyes to be open in the name of Jesus and you know what happened nothing absolutely nothing she prays until the guy just doesn't want her to pray anymore and and goes on and and she gets back in her truck and she goes on, and then, you know, the next a few days later, she sees another blind person, and she goes up to them and prays, and you know what happened? Nothing, absolutely nothing, and so she, she just, but she continues on, and she's, you know, three, four, five people she's prayed for in the name of Jesus. Why is nothing happening? I don't know. She doesn't know, but she's going for it, and she's feel, I bet she's feeling a little stupid. I bet she's feeling like, Maybe I don't have the gift of healing of blind eyes. But she keeps going for it. Five, 10, 15 people. Weeks go by. She's praying for blind eyes. She's looking at their eyes. They're not able to look at her. She, she is even, do you even see maybe a little shade, shade different? Do you see more of the light? Is it getting brighter at all? Nothing is going on. 15, 20, 25 people uh, she's prayed for. She stepped out. When would you have quit? When would I have quit? I don't know. She continued on. 30, 40, 50 people. Months go by. Three, four, five months go by. 
How long are you going to continue, Heidi? How long are you going to continue expressing faith? How long are you going to look stupid doing this? How long are you going to do this without seeing results? When are you going to maybe conclude you don't have that gift? 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 people. She continues on. Six, seven, eight months, nine months continues. This is crazy. Why are you doing this? God is not coming through for you. Why don't you stop? Why don't you give up? 120, 130, 140 somewhere around the 150th person she meets a woman named Ida Heidi in Portuguese is Ida she has her name she's been born from birth she prays for her and her eyes open a couple days later she prays for she meets another woman who's blind from birth her name happens to be Ida and her eyes open. A couple days later, she meets another woman who, who's blind from birth. Her name happens to be Ida. And her eyes open. Now, there's a lot more to the story when Heidi tells it in terms of the, the sim symbolism of the Lord. But I'll tell you, this, that story gets to me. Even every time I share it, I feel it in my heart. It's like, oh, God, give the body of Christ that kind of perseverance of faith. Give the body of Christ that kind of humility, that kind of like, Lord, it doesn't matter about me. It matters about your word and your kingdom. And I'm going to believe it's true even when I don't see the results. And I'm going to press through. Now she regularly sees blind eyes open. I think it was worth it. I think it was worth it. At the time, I'm sure it didn't feel worth it. But I know it's worth it. Let me tell you. Brothers and sisters, it's worth it. To go for this thing, it's worth it. This week to go to pray, to step out for somebody that you thought maybe you should pray for, somebody at work, somebody at school, somebody that, that you don't know. It's worth it to start this process and to press through because he's just waiting for the faith of the body of Christ to rise up. And to say, God, we're not just doing this to just to take care of ourselves. We're not just doing this just to feel good about ourselves on a Sunday service. We're doing this because we want to change this world that we live in. Why don't you stand with me? Just take a second between you and the Lord. Just talk to him about whatever you need to talk to him about right now. Just between you and him. Lord, I thank you so much for these four men that modeled faith. They didn't care about themselves and their reputation. They cared about the man they were taking to you. Lord, I thank you for Heidi Baker. Just thank you for her heart for you. I want to be more like you, Jesus. I want to be more like what she expressed in that story. I want to be that myself. And I pray for myself as well as my brothers and sisters. I pray that there would be radical faith, radical love, 
through them today, through them this week. I thank you for this body here, what you're doing. I thank you that actually we know as we rise up in faith, Lord, there's nothing that can stop what's going on in this area. Thank you that there's nothing that can stop it. I thank you for the world changers in front of me. Jesus. Hallelujah. He's good. Amen.